A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. First off, let me say happy Martin Luther King Day to all you woke folk out there, to all you hysterical white liberals out there looking to virtue signal, looking to show how damn for the struggle you are. Oh, I really like black people. Yes, of course you do, princess. Although poor MLK... If he were still around today, he'd be going around. We should measure people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And the woke folk out there, they'd be like, okay, boomer, you old geezer, you closet white supremacist, sit down and shut up. Because in today's world, it's all about judging people by the color of their skin. Whitey, evil racist Whitey, Whitey needs to pay for what they've done. And they love, 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 getting them some Benjamins. Because as we know, folks, nothing pays better to the woke folk, nothing earns them more Benjamins than trashing Whitey. And that statue... That literal turd of a statue, which apparently costs $10 million, of course that's here in Boston. I guess Atlanta was like, no, we don't want the turd here. Send it up north. Send it to where a bunch of hysterical white liberals can look at it and masturbate. So they sent it up here. Put it in Boston. Of course they did. And while we're celebrating, happy belated kiss a ginger day to all you gingers out there. That was on Thursday, last Thursday, the 12th. Now, I assume, white boy Malcolm X, I think it's safe to assume that you and your Ronald McDonald blow up doll, and you have to say it just like that, folks. Pause. Ronald McDonald blow up doll. But I assume that you made sweet, sweet love to your Ronald McDonald blow-up doll for Kiss a Ginger Day. No comment. That's what I thought. And I didn't know it was Kiss a Ginger Day until after I got home. Was out running some errands, stopped by to get some gas, and guess who was there? And that's rhetorical, white boy Malcolm X. You already know what I'm about to say. But I stopped to get some gas, and there was Ginger Gas Guy, our local ginger eye candy. And if I had known that it was Kiss a Ginger Day, I could have been like, hey, Ginger Gas Guy, it's Kiss a Ginger Day. Come on over here, give me one. He probably would have been like, 
And Ginger Gas Guy, I suspect he's as straight as an arrow. But he probably would have been like, kiss my fist, you silly queen. Punch me dead in the face. Bam! Punch me with his ginger fist. And I probably would have been like, eh, don't punch me no more, Ginger Gas Guy. That's how I sound when I get punched. And then rode off into the sunset in shame. And speaking of gas, do we really want to talk about this silly gas stove controversy? I don't. Now, there's a great article about it, about this hysteria about it. It's in the Washington Examiner, the great gas stove meltdown about how this latest tempest in a teapot is part and parcel of the current culture wars. Democrats propose something crazy like this. Republicans get their panties in a wad. Then everyone starts screaming at each other. And all this kind of nonsense winds up doing is to make the current political climate more toxic, if that's even possible. Now, they've kind of backed down on it for now. But we all know it's just for now. When they get an idea in their head, no matter how much it's despised by the vast majority of the country, they keep at it. They're like the Terminator with these things. They just don't stop. And they're already doing it at the state and local level. Here, how's this from Fast Company? The government is coming for gas stoves. It's just not the federal government. Many cities have created new regulations that ban all natural gas in new buildings, and some states are considering it as well. And according to this article, 99 cities and counties already have something in place to start killing off the gas stove. Of course, Berkeley, California was the first to get this train rolling down the tracks. A lot of this is in California, but they're working on it around here as well. Some of the towns around Boston, the ones with hysterical rich white people, they're the ones driving this. I think two of the towns are, maybe possibly, Lexington and Brookline. I think those two are part of this. But those towns... You can't touch anything decent. You can't get yourself a decent house in either community for, I think, under a million dollars. And I'm sure they all have their gas stoves. They just don't want you to have one if you wind up building there. You know, I didn't even want to talk about this, but I still wound up talking about it. Of course I did. So let's move on. Our first story, folks, is from The Hill. New studies find millions of young non-binary and transgender Americans. Yes, of course they did. Do I even want to touch this one? I think we've talked about this thing now a couple times already. All these millennial Gen Z kids calling themselves some sort of queer, a statistically impossible number, a millennial Gen Z kids. 
being some sort of queer. They can call themselves whatever they want, but it's statistically impossible that they are all actually what they claim they are. Like this. How's this poll quote? Within Generation Z, polling suggests the LGBTQ population doubled in just four years, from 10.5% in 2017 to 20.8% in 2021. So 20.8% of Gen Z, basically one in five, are LGBTQ. Really? Does anyone really believe that? There is no way in hell that's even remotely possible. And I guarantee you, give it 20 years, wait until these kids, they're in their 40s and 50s, get to middle age, married, couple of kids, the suburban lifestyle, and ask them that question again. You think they're still going to get 20.8% of them answering that they're some sort of queer? No. That'll drop by three-fourths, if not more. And when it comes to being transgender, from a 2022 report by the Williams Institute, which is a research center at the University of California, Los Angeles, they found that 1.4% of 13 to 17-year-olds and 1.3% of adults 18 to 24, they're transgender, which is about 300% larger than the number of transgenders in the population at large, which is about a half a percent. And you got to love this pull quote. You can't make this crap up, folks. Teens and young adults are much more likely to be transgender than older adults. No kidding. No duh. And in this article, you gotta love this gaslighting. In discussing why this is happening, why all these kids are coming out as either transgender or some other sort of queer, they had someone Russ Toomey, he's a professor of family studies and human development at the University of Arizona. Well, this is what he said. We are seeing the numbers of people disclosing non-binary and trans identity on a survey because we are asking people in a more inclusive way about their gender. Oh, BS. That's just plain old BS. We're asking more nicely, so they're now telling us the truth. B.S. Mostly B.S. Especially with these younger kids, the ones caught up in a lot of this social contagion, like these clusters of kids all coming out as either trans or some sort of queer. You can't tell me that's because the survey questions, they're... What did he say? The survey questions are more inclusive. They're coming out like this because of the absolute filth on social media. They're coming out like this 
because they're highly insecure and there's all this silly adolescent peer pressure, especially with social media, to try to fit in, to try to seem oh so edgy and cool. And so what do they all wind up doing? They all do a slightly different version of basically the exact same thing. I mean, how many of these hysterical transgender women videos on TikTok where you've got these Gen Z Twinkie boys, that's basically what they are, these Gen Z Twinkie boys who declare themselves women and they all act like it's a minstrel act. They're all pretending to be prissy young women. And there are scores of them out there, one after another after another, all doing pretty much the exact same thing. Like the queer kids. Oh, I'm bi-gender queer. Oh, I'm non-binary asexual. Oh, I'm polyamorous gender fluid, and my pronouns are zizirza. Yes, of course you are, princess. But like these minstrel Twinkie boys pretending to be women, these heterosexual kids with their personality disorders all pretending to be some sort of queer, it's a a bad joke, a pathetic excuse of a joke for these kids, so many of these kids, to be carrying on like this just because they feel they have to to be part of whatever this momentary craze is. And if that's you, and until you get it out of your system, the rest of us are laughing at you, but you have fun with that. From Boston.com. Report. Boston traffic is the fourth worst in the world. The world. The average Boston driver lost 134 hours, more than five days, to traffic last year, according to a new report. Another one. No kidding. No duh. And the top five, for those of you who are interested, the top five places for horrible traffic, those are London, Chicago, Paris, Boston, and New York City. Chicago is horrible. Having lived there twice, I can assure you folks, their traffic sucks. Whatever moron, whatever complete blithering idiot designed their highway system must have come from Boston or vice versa. It's the same level of stupid in how to optimize traffic flow. And how's this for basically saying nothing will change? Sucks to be you, but nothing will change around here. And this is a quote from a city spokesperson. What they told those clowns at the woke Boston Globe, the only way to reduce the amount of traffic is to create reliable, affordable, and safe alternatives. The city is working to improve other modes of transportation, like public transit and biking, 
so they can become viable options for people. Like the T, the subways around here, the commuter rail, that's all called the T. And we just had that story last year, last fall, I think. They shut down the Orange Line, which is a major subway line in this city. They shut it down for an entire month to get everything cleaned up, get the damn thing running like it should. And guess what? Not much changed. It still ran slow. And I saw a few weeks back or so, it was a news story. All these new Orange Line trains they bought, they had to pull them off. Take them offline temporarily to repair something. So they want to reduce traffic by pushing everyone onto the mass transit system here. And the T is a big giant turd, a big piece of garbage, and they're never going to get that cleaned up. These government bureaucrats on Beacon Hill will never get that cleaned up. So nothing will change. They'll do basically nothing to improve the roads around here, the traffic around here, but they'll keep pouring more good money after bad to put fancier window dressing on that junk train system we have. Oh, look at all the pretty new trains we bought. Yeah, but you had to yank them off because they were defective. Oh, but look at all the pretty new trains we're going to buy. That's the sophistry we get to deal with in Boston. But since the lemmings around here keep voting for this garbage, keep voting for the same clowns who got us where we are. So again, nothing will change. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From CNN Style, Gwen Stefani faces criticism 
over I'm Japanese comment in a Lore Magazine interview. Uh-oh. Sounds like we got ourselves some cultural appropriation going on here. And if it's one thing the woke folk hate, more than whitey, evil racist whitey, it's when whitey goes out, culturally appropriates something for themselves. Like, for example, when whitey goes out on Cinco de Mayo, a bunch of girlfriends go over to their local Mexican restaurant, get white girl drunk off margaritas, put on a sombrero, take some pictures, put them up onto Instagram. Man, I'll tell you what. Nothing pisses off the woke folk more than something like that. They get all kinds of hysterical when white people get drunk on Cinco de Mayo. Poor princess. And so I guess Gwen Stefani, she was speaking with Allure magazine, promoting her beauty brand, GXVE, and during that interview, talked about her Japanese influences, and I guess at some point, in talking about a trip to Japan, she said, my God, I'm Japanese and didn't know it. And the woke folk, they about, they blew a gasket over that comment. And I remember that Harajuku girls phase back in the early aughts. We were living in Tokyo back then, me and my ex. Yes, the crystal meth addict. But the first apartment we had was in the Shibuya area of Tokyo. And we were right down the street from Harajuku Station, the train station there. And I used to walk by there every day. Used to go for a walk in the Meiji Shrine Park right next to the station. And there was a bridge there to go over the tracks to get to the park. And right there, folks, right there were all these Harajuku girls. And they all dressed like backup singers to Gwen Stefani. And I remember telling my ex, I'm going to get me some of those Harajuku girls. If Gwen Stefani can run around, have herself some Harajuku girls, so can I. Maybe that's what drove him to do crystal meth. Me saying things like that. He was probably thinking, this silly queen is driving me crazy. Him thinking he's Gwen Stefani. Wanting him some Harajuku girls. What's stronger than booze to help me cope with this? Crystal meth? Sure, what the hell? Anything to deal with this queen. But this thing about Gwen Stefani... Another tempest in a teapot is what this stupid thing is. So she feels an affinity to a particular place, a particular culture, a particular people. Going over and visiting Japan really had an impact on her. So much so, it's like, you ever go somewhere where you feel like, man, this is home. I have finally found a place that I can connect with. San Diego, when I lived in San Diego, that felt like home. 
Spain does that for me. I love going to Spain. I feel completely at home in Spain. But I guess, since I'm not either native Californian or Spanish, I guess that's cultural appropriation for me to say that. And poor Gwen Stefani here. You know, we had that story about that weirdo social media influencer, Ollie London, that white kid, and he had, I don't know how many dozens of surgeries, but he butchered his face six ways to Sunday so that he could look like some K-pop boy band singer. And he came out and identified as Korean, declared himself Korean because of the plastic surgery. And no one said anything. Gwen Stefani expresses an affinity for the Japanese culture. And having lived over there, who can blame her? Gets herself a couple Harajuku girl backup dancers and people are having a meltdown. Oh, she's culturally appropriating Japanese culture. So it's a crime for her, but not for him. Okay then, princess, if you say so. Duly noted. And for our last story, folks, it's from the New York Post. USC will no longer use the word field over racist connotations. So USC, which, and I don't know if you folks out there know this, but USC, in addition to being known as the University of Southern California, but when I lived out there in LA, it was commonly referred to as the University of Spoiled Children. And it looks like, well, not much has changed since I last lived out there. Because where does a lot of this, these semantics, these silly word games come from? Hysterical white liberals who want a virtue signal, who want to assuage their white shame, who want to show how down for the struggle they are with the BIPOC folk. And so with this, and this comes to us from the Suzanne Dwarak Peck School of Social Work. Dwarak Peck is hyphenated. And what do we know about people with hyphenated last names? Generally speaking, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them, especially the ones, the millennial Gen Z kids with the hyphenated last names, they have, they tend to have severe mental health issues. And so I'm sure Suzanne Dorak Peck, she's probably not immune from that either. Especially if her name is on a school of social work, which is where hysterical white liberals, where they flock to when all the gender studies classes are full, when all the BIPOC trashing whitey classes are full. They go to the social work classes to get their indoctrination there. So they're going to replace the word field with practicum. 
So instead of people doing field work, they'll be doing practicum work. Oh, big difference there. Huge difference there. And here's a little bit of what they said. This change supports anti-racist social work practice by replacing language that would be considered anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor of inclusive language. Language can be powerful, and phrases such as going into the field or field work may have connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign. Can you imagine being your average BIPOC folk out there in la-la land right about now? Your average black or Latinx folk out there in la-la land? I'm sure they're like, like they do a lot of the time. I'm sure they're like, what the hell is Whitey up to now? What kind of nonsense are they trying to pull now? And can you see some hysterical white liberal college kid, he or she, or Zier, they go out to do some field work. Oops, I meant practicum work. They go out into the inner city to work with some of the BIPOC folk. They show up. We're here from USC to do some practicum work. BIPOC folk, to do what? We're here from USC to do some practicum work. Oh, You're from the University of Spoiled Children. That's not what USC stands for. Well, it does around here. What you want, Whitey? We're here to do some practicum work. What the hell is that nonsense? Well, we used to call it field work, but the word field may be triggering because it may have connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign. Not what? Benign. Who told you that? Well, our university administrators told us that. So more white people. Well, yes, but they're... Whitey, get the hell out of here until you can stop. Stop what? Stop with all your hysterical virtue signaling. Stop with trying to assuage your white shame. You've made a big enough mess around here. Get the hell out of here until you can stop. So on that note, since I cannot top this silly, hysterical, white liberal virtue signaling, even if all the BIPOC folk are probably rolling their eyes at all the pandering, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Monday edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your holiday weekend, a good start to your week, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.